Let's give God some praise. Come on, right now, this is your chance to give God some praise. Your name is unshaken. Your name is unshaken. God, you are so good. God, you are so great. God, you're so worthy. This is our chance. God is going to do something phenomenal in your life. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this Good Friday service. I thank you, Lord, that under the sound of my voice right now, the all distractions fade. God, we might be just getting home. We might have had a hellish week all week. We might The kids might be crazy. There might be noise in the kitchen, coming out of the bathroom, wherever we might be, God. Lord, I pray all distractions cease right now. And I pray, God, Lord, that you would speak. You would use me as a conduit tonight, God, for your will and your work. I thank you that the worship is going forth in every home and every job and every place in a car. God, right now you are doing a ministry, a work, God, and the seeds are ready to be sown. And Lord, I pray that we would be good soil. The seed is not our job. The soil is our job. I'm not the seed. I'm I'm the soil. And Lord, help me be good soil. Help me be soil, God, Lord, that you could sow into and reap a good harvest from. And let me receive, Lord, the watering of the Holy Spirit, the nurturing, God, Lord, from our Heavenly Father that I need to grow and produce all that you want to do in my life. And, Lord, I thank you that I want to hear your voice, not everybody else's voice. I don't want to hear the winds of opinions of others. I don't want to hear the whispers of the enemy. I want to hear the voice of God, and I want to receive from God. I want to, I want to receive what God has for me so I can grow with God and bear fruit with God and have a harvest from God. And, Lord, we thank you, God, tonight. Lord, you're going to speak to your people who are called by your name. In Jesus' name, I want you to stay with me as I get ready to go into the Word. Um, And I want to read this Word to you, and then I'll have you get prepared if you're not already with your Bible and notebook. But in Matthew chapter 27, in verse 45, it says this, Now, everybody say now. Now. From the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness all over the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama shabakani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood there, when they heard that said, this man is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, put it on a reed, Uh, and offered it to him to drink the rest said let him alone let us see if elijah will come and save him and jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit then behold the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth quaked and the rocks were split not just a rock the rocks were split and the graves were open and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the graves after his resurrection they went to the holy city and appeared to many so when the centurion and those with him who were guarding jesus saw the earthquake or earthquake and and the things that had happened they feared greatly and i want you to hear this and they said truly this was the son of god 
Lord, in Jesus' name, let your word go forth. Let it minister. Let it transform. And Lord, I pray that if there's anybody with stiff necks and plugged up ears, God, Lord, prepare them to receive your word. And Lord, I thank you that you're going to unclog the ears. God, you're going to get the soil ready. God, you're going to draw them into relationship. You're going to unstiffen that neck and make them pliable, moldable like clay in the potter's hands to receive your word. And I thank you that you would anoint me to preach your word tonight and accomplish the assignment that you have me. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. All right, let's give God some praise wherever you are. Awesome. So thankful to be together. So thankful to worship God on Good Friday, this beautiful evening, this amazing evening in Flagstaff, in Arizona, in the United States, and around the world. We have hundreds that are tuning in right now on YouTube and Facebook, and we're so thankful that you chose to be with us today. Like this, share, yeah, like this, share this, comment here. Uh, and stay engaged because, again, this isn't just a spectator sport. This is an engaging sport. I know you may be sitting in that comfy recliner right now, but I don't want you to get too comfortable. Get your notebook out. Get your Bible out. I want you to engage in this. If you got YouTube up on the big screen and you got Facebook on the little screen, you better be liking and commenting and doing what you can do to engage in this. Tag somebody because somebody's life is going to be changed. So if you're just now too tuning in. This is Good Friday service. I want you to tune in all the way through the service to the end of the service. And one of the main reasons why is because I'm going to give a salvation call. I'm going to pray this message over your life and I want everybody tuned in. Don't let the viewership drop when I start to pray to close the service. I know who, I can see the names. So I'll call you. I'll find you. I'll message you. Now stay with us because I want God to speak to you and through you today. And there's a great word that God has for you. Uh, and so when we read this text on Good Friday, we get a, a, a piece of the picture of what, God, what has happened and what, uh, what has taken place. But I, wanna, I actually want to start off by telling uh, just a little history here for you, especially because I want every service or stream or opportunity that I speak to not just speak to a generic topic or uh, uh, overarching theme or some uh, picture of a different story that is not taking place and not be relevant and effective in our ministry. I want to speak to what's going on right now. And so if I can, there's a bit of prophetic unction, and, and I want to speak to you in this because long ago in, in World War One. We, uh, as allies, fought against a very physical and seen enemy, and we fought for freedom. We fought for justice. We fought for liberty, and because of the Sons of Liberty, we, we now have our freedom because they fought for our freedom, as well as all the wars after it, uh, and, I, and I, I've watched the hand of God move and use people for the good of all. And so when World War I broke out and, and an enemy was sweeping across the world to control the world, to dominate the world, and to enslave people through dictatorship and, and through all the wrong directions, freedom took over. And we fought, and we fought a good fight, and we won, but at the cost of 17 million people. We lost a lot. We lost 17 million lives against an enemy we could see. Right after World War I in 1918, the Spanish flu broke out with an enemy we could not see. 
and it took 25 million lives. 25 million lives. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. I need you to be with me the whole night. I got a build to take you somewhere. Are you with me? It took 25 million lives against an enemy we could not see versus an enemy we could see. Sometimes your greatest adversaries aren't those you can see. In fact, I'm going to petition you. They're not at all what you see, but it's always in the unseen. And this unseen enemy that God has called us to battle is an unseen enemy because he said your battle is not against what you see, flesh and blood, but against spirits and principalities of darkness that are not of this age. And my question to the church, can I talk to the church? My question to the church is how many are we willing to lose to an unseen enemy without doing what we can do to fight this enemy? So... When you hear the story of Jesus on the cross and you hear these stories, I want to piece them and, and, and juxtapose these together for you tonight because I feel like God has a powerful word for you that I want you to receive in your spirit. So title it, The Blood Remembers. The Blood Remembers. And we'll get there in a second. But I want to talk to you even just about your biology, your makeup. Did you know you have 25 trillion 25 trillion blood cells. Did you know that? No, you didn't. Unless you're a doctor or really smart, or at least just smarter than me. I had to Google it. I'm sure you had to Google it too. 25 trillion blood cells. And in those 25 trillion blood cells, uh, when your body gets under attack, it sends a message to your lymph nodes. And your lymph nodes will then produce antibodies, or fighters as I call them. And about 500 billion of those will be produced to fight against an internal unseen battle. And so when you see like the Spanish flu, and then from there in our history forward, you start to hear about vaccinations or you start to hear about shots. And I'm not here to promote vaccinations or an anti-vax. That's not, this is not a political message. But what I am here to say is that what they do is they would give you a shot. And part of the shot, uh, if not all of it, would mainly be just the, the, the flu or it would be a, a, a virus that would a, a, just a test. Everybody say test. Oh, come on. you got to hear me now where I'm going. It's just a test. So what it would do is it would test and it would put a test in your body so that your body would overproduce. So now it gets tested by this virus. And what the blood would do is then send the lymph nodes the message. 500 billion fighters would come forth and you would get a fighting army. Now, part of this army of blood cells that would fight for you would die within hours. But a lot of your uh, blood cells, those blood cells that were created, will last most, if not the rest of your life. So if the, you ever got that again... Your body said, I already been tested with this. I know how to beat this. So the blood has a memory system. Some may say the blood remembers. So the blood remembers what's been tested. So now it, it's, it's easy to see like when you get a shot and it's just a test, you may get, feel a little weak, but you don't have the full dose, but your body knows how to resist and how to overcome the same enemy no matter what size it comes in. Are you hearing where I'm going? So... When you hear this, you ought to understand how the blood remembers. Because the blood remembers for your body. It produces 500 billion. I don't even know how to comprehend that. Or trillion, for that matter. And it's fighting for me. And when something comes against me, it knows how to fight. Now let's take a pause for a second. Do you remember in the, uh, in the chapter that we just read, the paragraph that we just read, it said that, when Jesus gave up his spirit 
it said right after, what did it say? Let's go back to it. I want you to read with me. We got time. Somebody say, I got time. It says, right after Jesus cried out again with his loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Now, in between verse 50 and 51, something happened. And it's not written in this one, but it's written in the other Gospels. Because they attest for both a major events, but they, don't, they miss this one in Matthew. And what happens in Matthew to piece them and juxtapose even the Gospels together, what I want to do is I want you to see how it really flows. Okay, I want you to see how it really flows. Because what happens is Jesus yields up his spirit. Now, one person is going around and they're going to each cross and they're breaking the legs because they're like, hey, look, it's time. We got to get done with this. We can't go into Passover with this with the, the, with the people dying. The priests will riot. The people will go crazy. We got to kill these guys and we got to let them die now so we don't go into Passover. So he grabs and they get ready to break the legs. So they break the legs of the first one, and he chokes out, suffocates, and dies. They break the legs of the other, he chokes out, and he dies. And then they go to, uh, they go to do the same to Jesus. But when they go to Jesus, he's already dead. So they said, no, no, no. They think it's their own will, uh, but it's the will of the prophecy that no bone should be broken on him. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, but no, no bone was ever broken in Jesus. It's amazing the beating he endured, and I don't know if you've ever been beat up before, punched in the face before, had a broken nose. Lord knows I have. You could tell by how big this thing is, but you have, you, 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 if you get punched, the likelihood of fights and brawling and all that, you're going to get something broken. But through all that, not a bone was broken on Jesus. That's just extra. Because you know what? He's going to fulfill every prophecy, over 300 of them, and not one of them will be left out. So he fulfills all the prophecies that were spoken about him. Nothing was broken on him, but they said, hey, let's make sure. And it's great how the world loves to make sure of things as if they're going to prove the opposite, but they really prove the latter. They really prove that we're right. They really prove that Jesus is real. They really prove that God is real. They go to prove the opposite, but they really prove. I, I'm going to get into that later. Sunday, I'm going to get deeper into that. But when they do, when they come up, they, the, the young man grabs, the soldier grabs a spear. And the soldier stabs Jesus in the side. And what does the Bible say? That blood and water flowed. Now, we don't have a lot of accounts of going through. When you talk about the beating of Jesus, it can seem obvious that when he was beaten, when he had the crown of thorns, that blood would have touched the earth or it would have fallen. It would have been on something. But the Bible doesn't account for that. The only time the Bible accounts for when his blood touched the earth is when they pierced his side, that blood came from him and touched the earth. And what happened? The Bible says this. It says that then, behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth quaked and the rocks split and the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, coming out, walking around. Could you imagine being in that right now? Come on. Could you imagine? Many of you through this coronavirus, you're like, when's the zombie apocalypse coming? I know all the conspiracy doomsday preppers, you know that's what you're thinking. And you're like, what if? I Maybe it could happen. No, 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 no. That's not. But Jesus, when, he did, when this happened, people started getting out of graves and tombs. Totally alive. 
and, and, and walking around. Imagine seeing some of your relatives you had the, that you buried just pop up and show up at your house because the Bible says they showed up and they went walking through Jerusalem, going to houses, going to people, talking and saying, hey, what happened? Why am I back alive? This is literally where they get to show the walking dead from. This is where it comes from. This is where it started here because this literally happened. Now let's rewind. So let's put this all together. Why did Jesus come to the earth and why did he stay so long? Let's, I want you to ask that question. I want you to think about this. Why did he, why so long? Why 30 years till he starts his ministry? Why 33 till he ends? Why, why wait? Why not show up, do the cost, pay the price, leave? Well, why not do just a little bit and why, why only, why show up and do ministry for three and a half years for all that time? Maybe you could have shrunk it and done it for a year, maybe six months. Like, Hey guys, this is, I'm going to give you everything down, sit down, take notes. We're going to write all this out. I'm going to tell you exactly how to do this. And then I'm going to go pay the price. And then you're going to talk about it when I leave. Maybe uh, he could have done a lot of ways, but one of the reasons that he had to show up and take his time in his ministry is remember at the beginning he showed up and he turned the water into wine. And, 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 and all of a sudden, it, like, it's like he, he, the memory system clicked and he said, oh, I know how to turn water into wine. And then all of a sudden, like he, he walks a little bit further and he gets baptized. Remember when he got baptized and the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove and the uh, heavens parted and God said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And in that moment dwelt the full Godhead in him on earth that said, I am ready to pour out and do my work through you and in you. And then from there, what happened with Jesus? Jesus went out, everybody say test. Jesus went into the wilderness and he got tested. Who did he get tested by? He got tested by the devil. And he got three temptations and he overcame every temptation. And all of a sudden his blood says, I remember how to win that. Everybody say, I remember. And, and then what did he do? He kept going. And then all of a sudden he starts to go to people who are diseased and leopard. And he goes, oh, I want to heal the leper. Let me touch the leopard. The blood says, I remember that. And then he goes to the sick and the disease. He says, okay, I want to heal the sick and disease to show I have authority over that. And the blood says, I'll remember that. And then afterwards he continues continues and he goes and he's and the storm comes and tries to sink the disciples and the disciples are sinking in the ship and he says storm be still and the blood says I'll remember that and then all of a sudden he continues his journey as he's walking through and then Lazarus dies and Lazarus is in a tomb and has been rolled over and the smell has begun to take place. And Jesus says, roll back the tomb. Lazarus, come forth. I'm calling you out of the grave. And the blood says, I'm going to remember that because the blood remembers. And so as the blood remembers, so when he got to the cross, is somebody hearing me tonight? When he got to the cross and he was nailed, he said, I know how to raise people from the dead. And when the blood touched the earth, he says, I, that's exactly exactly what we're called to do. The blood remembered when it touched the earth and it only did what it knew to do. And it raised people from the dead in that very moment. And when Jesus was crucified on the cross, he says, I know how to overcome death. And when he was buried in the tomb, the blood says, I know how to overcome the tomb. And when he got, when he came back, he says, you know what? All there's chaos and persecution. I know how to overcome the storm. I know how to cease this. Oh, you got a disease. Somebody who's ready for Jesus to understand that you, Jesus, Jesus is here because the blood remembers. 
Thank God the blood remembers. Thank God the blood remembers. Thank God the blood remembers. The blood remembers. He says, oh, you're dealing with cancer? I remember how to heal cancer. The blood says, oh, you, you know what? You're going through all depression and depravity in your life? Oh, I know how to heal that. Oh, you know what? You've, you've pulled far away from me, Zacchaeus. I know how to draw you back into relationship. I, the blood remembers when the attack of the enemy. Oh, can, can you hear me now? When, when the, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2, he says, that Jesus ascended and descended so that he might overcome and take over death and he who held death, that is the devil. That's what Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 and 15 says. So how did he know how to do that? Because he'd already been tempted by the devil. He said, you tried to test me and what you thought was going to afflict me actually prepared me. So then when I stepped into your kingdom and the prince of the air, I knew how to win. I knew how to overcome. I knew how to tell you, you cannot win because the blood remembers. The blood remembers. The blood remembers when relationships are being torn and Jesus said, I know how to reconcile. The blood remembers when you're going through all hell and he says, I've overcome hell in the grave. The blood remembers when my life is being torn apart. The blood remembers when corona attacks. The blood remembers when cancer attacks. The blood remembers when my city's attacked, when my family's attacked. The blood remembers. Come on, somebody shout it. The blood remembers. The blood has a memory system that trains it. And, and, and it's no coincidence that you share the same blood. And when you're covered in his blood, it can't help but remember what to do. See, that's the blessing. A part of this is, is that we need to see how when we are covered by the grace of Jesus Christ, which is the blood on Calvary, when we're covered in that blood, it's not even, you don't even need to request. You just need to walk in his grace because as you walk in his grace, it says, oh, no, no, no. I remember how to stop obstacles. I remember how to stop storms. I remember how to heal. I remember how to deliver from the demonic. I, when he healed people, people and he delivered them from demonic oppression of legions it was just a test oh somebody say it's just a test see the, it's just a test when he was going through he was just showing you how he had authority over it and training the blood to remember so that when you pleaded the blood not that he needed it but when you plead the blood over you the blood remembers you may not even know how to pray what to pray or even know that he has authority over that area but the blood knows that it has authority the blood knows the blood knows that it has dominion and power and all in heaven and in earth because the blood remembers. That's why Revelations chapter 12 and verse 11 says, by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Somebody who knows the blood of Jesus testify. Come on, is somebody out there who can testify to the blood of Jesus Christ? Who can testify to his grace? Who can testify to the blood remembering and him delivering you? Who can testify to the blood that saves and delivers? Who can testify where you were lost in sin and shame, but he saved you and said, go and sin no more. That he looked at that little woman who was thrown at his feet and said, hey, hey, it's all right, honey. Go and sin no more. Did you know that Zacchaeus, I'm about to lose my voice. Did you know that Zacchaeus was a test? And not for Zacchaeus, for you and I. 
that when Zacchaeus, the Bible says that when Zacchaeus invited Jesus into his home, the Bible says that salvation came to his home. It was a test. Because when you invite Jesus into your living room tonight, the blood remembers. And it brings salvation when you don't even know that there's salvation to be granted. He, Zacchaeus didn't even know he needed to be saved. But when he invited the blood of Jesus Christ, salvation came. It wasn't the blood of somebody else. It wasn't the blood of some stranger. It was the blood of Jesus Christ, the fullness of God embodied in the earth. And God is saying, right now, I remember. You're going through something I'm unfamiliar with. I remember because I put my son through every test that was needed. So when you were tested, you may not know how to get out. You may not even see a way out, but the blood remembers the path. The blood remembers the way. The blood remembers the power. The blood remembers. Thank God my blood has a memory. If, if I can just... Speak with all passion and fervor. What are you training your blood to remember? Because some of us are training the blood and the DNA of who we are to give up and quit. We're training and we're creating a memory system in our body to say, oh, you know what? I, I, I just, I, it's getting too tough. It's getting too dark. It's get, I, I gotta run. I, I gotta go back to Emmaus. I gotta run away. I can't do this anymore. And we're training the memory system of who we are, the literal makeup of our DNA to remember how to quit rather than fight. What are you training the blood for? What are you, are you calling on the blood of Jesus only to be a convenience and a safety measure? Or are you calling on the blood of Jesus to say, Lord, I need you to remember. Th Isn't that what he said the Holy Spirit would do? He says the Holy Spirit in the Bible would help bring things to your remembrance. No, no, no. It, what the translation actually means, it's going to give you things you didn't even read. He's going to help you know things you've never heard. He's going to teach you things you were never taught. He's going to speak to you because the blood remembers. And when the blood remembers, you can have the worst memory system in the world. Come on, somebody said hallelujah right there. You can have the worst memory in the world, but the blood has a memory that never fails. It's, it's the same blood that forgets and washes away your sin, but it's also the same blood that remembers how to forgive sin. It's the same blood that remembers how to take authority. It's the same blood that knows how to save. It's the same blood that knows how to deliver. It's the same blood that knows how to heal. He didn't say, hey, by the, my wounds and by my, my, uh, by my sacrifice on the cross, wounded for you, bruised for you, I, I, I did it so one day you could be healed. No, no, no. He didn't say so one day. He, he didn't say so you could eventually be or hopefully be. He said, I, I paid the price so that you are healed. It's a present day statement. I, I paid the price so you don't have to wait for healing. You can be healed. You can be delivered. You can be saved. You can be healed of Corona. You can be healed of cancer. You are healed. 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 Because somebody shouted, because the blood remembers. 
The blood remembers. The blood remembers. The blood remembers from my heart. The blood remembers from my family. Thank God for the blood. Today's the day where we don't just remember the sacrifice. He, the, the memory of his blood covers. Oh, I, I hear somebody calling my name. I know how to respond to that. Somebody called me. Oh, the blood remembers. Somebody needs me. Oh, the blood remembers. Somebody's asking for me. The blood remembers. Somebody's praying. The blood remembers. Somebody's seeking. The blood remembers. Somebody's asking. The blood remembers. Somebody's knocking. The blood remembers. Because the blood remembers when you forget. Train yourself to have a memory in the blood not a memory for leaving, not a memory for quitting, not a memory of who you used to be, not a memory. Don't train your system to be anything other than like the blood of Jesus Christ to remember that you walk with authority, that, the, that, that when the devil comes to check on you, you could say, oh, no, 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 no. I don't owe you anything, and you don't own me, so you need to leave because I've got the blood on me, and the blood, you may not know me, you may not care about me, but the blood remembers, and the blood it says he has authority over you and you can't remain any longer he reconciles all things to him because of the blood I want to pray with you will you bow your heads and close your eyes wherever you are Lord in Jesus name we thank you for tonight we thank you for the opportunity God Lord to receive the blood of Jesus Christ shed on Calvary and Lord I pray that you would cover us cover us cover us cover us right now no, no, I don't need a drop. I need to be covered. I need to be covered so that when I encounter the enemy and all his forces, I can stand covered head to toe, front to back, right to left, every inch of me covered in the blood of Jesus. And when the enemy tries to creep into my life, the blood is there as a fighter for me. 500 billion fighters around me saying, no, no, you can't come in here. No, no, you have no authority here. You don't belong here, devil. You gotta go because the blood. Somebody needs to start praying the blood of Jesus over your city, over your state, over this nation and your nation, over every house, over every home, over every marriage, over it. There's nothing greater to pray over your life than the blood of Jesus Christ. And Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you. I might be losing my voice, but God, all authority is given to me in heaven and earth through the power of the Holy Spirit to declare right now the enemy might try to take my voice, but he won't take my spirit. And I will preach with the blood of Jesus Christ because people need to hear who Jesus is. People need to hear the blood of Jesus is greater than anything they could ever pray in their life. And I thank you, God, for the authority to preach today, for the anointing to preach. And I pray you'd cover every home and every life in Jesus' name. And right now, if you've never prayed the blood of Jesus, the grace of God over your life, tonight is your night. And you can rededicate your life or you can give your life for the very first time and say, Lord, I want to be covered in your grace. I want to give my life to you. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed right now, I want everybody to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, 
I receive you now. Cover me in your blood. Cover me in your grace. You're my Father. You're my Lord. You're my Savior. You're my Comforter. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Remember me. Oh, Lord. I'm forever yours. And I am saved. In Jesus' name. Come on. Lift up a shout. Wherever you are, give God some praise. It's exciting. We're in the house of God. We're giving God praise. Come on. Make your house a place that's covered in the blood. Because when you don't know what to pray, the blood remembers. When you don't know how to get out, the blood remembers. When you don't know what to do, the blood remembers. Thank God I don't have to remember everything because the blood remembers. And Lord, we thank you for tonight. What a wonderful night. What an incredible night. What a good Friday. Amen? Amen. One more time. Let's give God some praise, honey. Will you come and join me? We're going to close out this service. Thanks for tuning in the whole time. We want to pray this declaration over this service and be dismissed. Drink some water. Hallelujah. Let's pray this together. Amen. Declare it together. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen, Bridge Church. Happy Good Friday. We love you. We are so glad you joined us today. If this message spoke to you and you decided to make a spiritual decision, we would love to connect with you. You can do that by sending us an email to info at wearebridge.church and let us know that you took that step today. Also, if you are new to our Bridge Church online family, we have a very special gift that we would love to send you. You can also email us at info at wearebridge.church and share some information so we can send that gift to you. Again, we're so glad you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. So stay connected, because remember, we're better together. Bye, Bridge fam.